Hi, and welcome to Ask Wardy. I'm Wardy, a wife and mom of three, lead teacher, blogger, and founder of traditionalcookingschool.com. I'm also the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. Ask Wardy is the weekly show devoted to answering your niggling questions about traditional cooking. Maybe it's your sourdough starter, your sauerkraut, preserving foods, broth, superfoods, or anything else to do with traditional cooking. You can catch Ask Wardy live each Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, that's 1 p.m. Eastern, or through the podcast and video replays at askwardy.tv. And now, let's get to today's show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Ask Wardy. I brought a friend with me today. It's a beef bone. You can see the marrow right there because that's what we're talking about today. How to best release that marrow into your bone broth to make it the most nutritious possible. We'll get to that in a moment. First, let me welcome you all to Ask Wardy. I'm Wardy with Traditional Cooking School by Ganalfglins. I'm the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods, and I help teach traditional cooking at our traditional cooking school. This is the weekly show where I answer your questions about traditional cooking, so I'm thrilled you're here. If you're on Facebook or Periscope Live, welcome to you. The comments, likes, and shares are available to you. No matter where you're watching or listening though, I'd love it if you'd hit the like button, give this a thumbs up, and I'd love it if you'd share with friends and family so we can spread the message of healing and joyful traditional foods. If you're live, uh, Facebook, Millie is right there posting links, answering questions, and I do go back later and look at your comments and questions as well. Um, no matter what though, the links and transcript is all ready for you. Askwardy.tv, look for episode 70, everything I'm sharing, links, the points, the instructions, it's all there for you. So if you run out of time, you don't want to sit and chat for whatever reason, you can just go check that out. If you're coming on live, please do share your first name, where you're from, and what you're sipping on in the comments. I love to hear it. I've got good old water today. In fact, I need a drink. Need to drink more, we all do. Hi, Monica. Hi, Sherry. Great to have you both here. All right, well, let's get into today's question. It comes from Tammy T. Here's the issue. You do what you're told. You make your bone broth because you know it's so nutritious for you, whether you're on a gut healing diet or just a straight up traditional food diet. Bone broth is such a hallmark. Make sure I had that microphone on. Bone broth is such a hallmark of uh, nutrition. It's healing, it's soothing, uh, it has nourishing gelatin, and it's just oh so good for us. So you do what you're told and you make it, right? And you've got all the bones and soft tissue and everything in there, but then, when it comes out of the crock pot or the soup pot or your instant pot, you find that there's some marrow still in your bone. Not in the broth, it's still in the bone. So do you extract the marrow or do you just figure it's all good? That's what the question is today that came from Tammy. She says, do bones need to be broken at the end of the cooking cycle in order to release the marrow? Great question. Let's talk about it. Hi, Carol in Fairbanks, Fairbanks Alaska. Uh, before I do give you the quick and easy answer though, I want to get on the same page here with uh, bone marrow. Why do you want bone marrow in your broth anyway? Some of you might be thinking, ick, I certainly did when we started changing our diet years ago. Why would anybody willingly want bone marrow? Um, 
to eat that, put it in their broth or whatnot. And this is coming from me who grew up seeing my dad um, take those bones, you know, we'd, we'd cut the meat off, the roast was done or whatever, and he would just stick them right in his mouth and he would suck, suck, suck it all up. And I thought it was so gross. Of course, now I love the marrow. When we're done with a roast, I will scoop it out and I'll spread it on a cracker or toast myself or it's just delicious. I think it's creamy and fatty and wonderful. Regardless of that though, if it's delicious or you don't think it's so delicious, why would you want it in your broth? This is an answer from Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride, creator of the GAPS diet. She says, meat and fish stocks provide building blocks for the rapidly growing cells of the gut lining and they have a soothing effect on any areas of inflammation in the gut. That is why they aid digestion and have been known for centuries as healing folk remedies for the digestive tract. The gelatinous soft tissues around the bones and the bone marrow provide some of the best healing remedies for the gut lining and the immune system. Your patient, which in our case is our family members, need to consume them with every meal. And when I say family members, we're really talking about those with gut issues need to consume these with every meal. Um, if you're generally healthy, let's say every day, need to have some bone broth every day. And it's really nutritious if it has those soft tissues around the bones and the bone marrow. Uh, my friend Megan, who I mention all the time, she has the cookbook Eat Beautiful, and there's a link below this video if you wanna check that out. She's a master at gut healing foods, and she creates beautiful, creamy, and thick bisques. In fact, I have a link, um, another post for you that you'll see below this. Um, it's called um, eight, Five Ways to Make Your Bone Broth More Exciting, and it, number four in that post mentions bisques. So look below this video or below this podcast for that link. Anyway, the point is, uh, where was I on my page here? Megan makes a broth and she blends fat, soft tissue, and marrow with well-cooked veggies and healing spices like ginger, and she makes these beautiful bisques. And at the heart of that is the healing marrow and other soft tissues and the healthy fat. So if you want a great way to consume this, just go check out number four at that post I mentioned. And so basically, I think now we can all agree that bone marrow is important to include in our bone broth. So Tammy, let's go over now the best ways to extract the marrow. Once again, Dr. Natasha Camel McBride, the creator of the GAPS diet, comes to our rescue because she says, what you do is you strip off all the soft tissues from the bones as best as you can to later add to soups and encourage your patient, AKA family member, to eat all the soft tissues on the bones. Extract the bone marrow out of large tubular bones while they are still warm. To do that, bang the bone on a thick wooden chopping board. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like so old-fashioned kitchen? Can't you picture this kitchen with a big wooden table, you know, and either the bones are being banged on the table or the cutting board anyway, and you've got this soft stuff just coming out. Uh, Dr. Dr. Natasha doesn't really specify when this can happen, so I want to add a few more notes to this for you. First of all, by showing you um, a bone. Now, this is a beef bone. It's not uh, roasted or turned into broth yet, but you can see in the center there is the bone marrow. And if I press on it, you know, it's really squishy and soft. That's the good stuff. So if you roasted your bones, if you put them in your broth, and they come out still warm, 
they probably still have some of that in there, which is Tammy's original question. She's saying, I made my broth and there's still marrow in there. How do I get it out? Well, Dr. Natasha is saying to bang it on a cutting board to get that out. And that does work. Um, I have banged, kind of banged, but gently on the side of the pot that I'm using to make the broth. You can also use other utensils. I've heard that there's like a bone marrow spoon that's really long and skinny. I've never seen one, but I read about it on the internet the other day. Um, but you can use a chopstick or a nutcracker. You could use a butter knife, um, anything that's long in there to just kind of scoop this stuff out. And you can do it before you put the bones in your um, soup pot to make broth. You can do it before they go in the soup pot, but after they've been roasted. You can do it after they've all been cooked into broth. You can do it at any stage along the way, but the important thing is don't let that go in the compost or anywhere else. Make sure it gets in your uh, stock pot with your bone broth. Right there, that is the gold. Everybody see it? You want to make sure to get that out. Um, I think I have a couple more tips for you. Um, oh yeah, this final tip is if you are working with a local butcher, um, like perhaps you put in an order for a whole beef or half a beef and your butcher calls you and says, how do you want us to process this? What cuts do you want? Well, you can actually request that the marrow bones that they would normally just cut up in sections and put in big bags. That's how this came from our butcher. You can request the marrow bones be sawed in half and that will more easily expose the marrow. And then what you do um, is you take those bones and I do recommend every time you make a dark broth like a beef broth that you roast them before you make the broth. It's very simple. You're gonna go like 45 minutes in a 375 Fahrenheit to even higher, 400 or 450. Um, you lay all your bones out on a baking tray. You stick them in the oven at that temperature 45 minutes or until they're like really roasty brown. You can even go till you're a little bit concerned that they're burned. So dark brown. It adds amazing flavor to your broth. And if you happen to have pre-cut bones that are laid open, it's super easy at that point to scoop the marrow out. And you would put your bones after they're roasted and the marrow you just scooped out in your crock pot or your stock pot for your broth. It's really, really easy, isn't it? I mean, the marrow, if you can get to it beforehand, if you can get to it after roasting, if you can get to it after you make your broth altogether, make sure you get that marrow out. And if you need to use special utensils, nutcracker, chopstick, knife, um, whatever you need to, to get deep in there and scoop that stuff out, if, if it, even if the only thing you can do is suck on it like my dad used to do. In fact, I shouldn't say used to do, he still does. <laughs> it's good, good stuff. Um, I wanna round this out because I know that often this comes up. We all know that we should eat broth, but it can get tiring or boring. So I wanna make sure you have some of our best resources to make bone broth more exciting, yes. Bone broth can be more exciting. So just look with this video or recording for two links. One is eight ways to eat broth without drinking it straight. And that's broth with marrow in it, ideally. And five ways to make your broth more exciting. Number four of which is what I told you earlier, my friend Megan's idea to turn it into a bisque. Really, really yummy. All right, and I wanna round this out with an invitation to all of you. If you are brand new to traditional cooking or you've been interested into traditional cooking but haven't yet taken the plunge, I have a free video series that introduces you to some fundamental concepts 
fundamental, easy, nutritious, and healthy concepts of traditional cooking. So it's five free videos, just gives you a peek inside at what we do here. And you can sign up for that by following a link that's with this video or go to tradcookschool.com slash free vids. Free vids is all one word, F-R-E-E-V-I-D-S. Again, though, if you're listening or watching, don't stress about having to retype that. Just look with this recording and you will see that link and just can follow it and click over. All right, everyone. So that's a wrap on how to release the marrow into your bone broth. This has been Ask Wardy episode 70. All the notes, the recording, the links, everything is waiting for you. So you can bookmark, print, share, comment, uh, like, distribute at askwardy.tv. Just look for episode 70. Thanks so much for joining me, everyone. Remind you to come back again next Wednesday, same time, same place. We will have another episode of Ask Wardy. And if you have a question that you want to submit, please do. You can do that by using the hashtag Ask Wardy and tweet it to me at Trad Cook School on Twitter. Or you can email me, Wardy, W-A-R-D-E-E, at askwardy.tv. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining me today. Here's what to do next. Ask Wardy wouldn't be possible without your questions, so please keep them coming. If you're on Twitter, tweet me at TradCookSchool with your question and use the hashtag AskWardy or send an email to wardy at askwardy.tv. To get the show notes, links mentioned, video replay, or even to catch up on past episodes of Ask Wardy, go to askwardy.tv. To join the fun of the live video recording, be sure to follow me with the handle at TradCookSchool on the Periscope app or go to periscope.tv slash tradcookschool. We record live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. That's 1 p.m. Eastern. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the Podcasts app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Ask Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to tradcookschool.com slash awitunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that others who are interested in traditional cooking will find Ask Wardy too. Thanks so much. God bless you. And I'll see you next week.